welcome back to the Spring to Life podcast. My name is Caitlin. I'm your host. I'm a hormone health coach, a fertility awareness educator, Pilates instructor, and the creator of the Spring to Life method. I am all about empowering women to find their full realization, to really embrace their um, their inner rhythm, to lead a life that feels fulfilling. And I love educating on hormones, but I also love talking to other practitioners in other modalities and with other backgrounds. And today I'm really excited to bring a friend on. I'm Melissa Lewislawski. She is a personal trainer and nutritionist with an emphasis on somatics. And we're going to have a fun conversation. We met back in San Diego. Gosh, like I think it was pandemic times, wasn't it? Back in uh, 2020. I think you're right. When I was actually photographing you, that's that's how we met. I don't. Yes. I don't know if we met on this field. I can't remember. I think it must have been um, one of the like San Diego girl Facebook groups, whether it was like Skinny Confidential or Girl Time. One of those, I think. Mm, Probably. I think so. Um, But I give a brief introduction, Melissa. Why don't you tell the audience a little bit more in depth about what you do and a little bit about your background? Yeah, absolutely. So as Caitlin shared, a trainer and nutritionist with an emphasis on somatics. And if you're unfamiliar with just that word somatics, how I really love to kind of share with people is soma, right? The felt based body. So I really focus on structuring programs and workouts to mold physical health while also tending to our emotional health and our energetic health. And I really take that approach with food as well. Uh, I have been in this industry for quite some time, over a decade. And I started way back in the day, like the whole smoothie girl thing, you know, you got really inspired when first working at a gym. Um, But I used to be that trainer. I love to kind of share where I came from and where I'm at now, how I kind of arrived at somatics. I used to be that trainer who was the bodybuilder. I was the one who was the bodybuilder. I was the one who was saying, you need to count your macros. You need to count your calories. You need to do these specific split muscle workouts in the gym, which puts you in the gym five days a week. And it worked very well for myself and my clients at the time until it didn't work so well. Uh, I actually personally hit uh, hit burnout at the time of this recording of the podcast. I think I hit that physical burnout uh, close to four years ago now. And when I hit that burnout, I actually stepped away from my career. Um, There was so much that started to occur and it really pushed me into this journey of just like a deeper self-discovery of what health truly meant. And when I started to be a student again, and um, really look into all of that, dig deeper with myself because I had to leave myself first and that um, health challenge that I was experiencing, I started to notice that health goes beyond the body. And so I've been studying for the past few years. And now I am, like I say, back out into the open, if you will, I'm taking on mm-hmm. clients again, but we're going about it completely different. We are going about it with the focus and the intention that we're treating your soma body first. And then that in return will snowball into this overall quality of health or whatever it is that specific goal that you're looking for. If you're looking for weight loss, if you're looking for like a holistic pain um, management, or if you were someone who had high blood pressure or something of that nature, um, when we focus on the soma body 
first the other goals, physical goals that we have with our health, it kind of just like naturally happens and aligns, which I believe is so beautiful. And so I always say uh, the work that I'm doing now, um, it, it, I'm using this phrase of like, we're working smarter, we're not working harder. And mm-hmm. then, you know, so since I've been teaching this new way, I've found myself in the gym less, enjoying my movement more, actually wanting to get up and move my body. Like there is this nourishment happening. And now that I'm working with clients again, I am seeing that. So it is a, it's been a beautiful, um, as well as a challenging journey to be here. Um, But I would say, you know, Caitlin, I'm sure you've been in this work for years and I do believe there's always a journey along the way in our professions where we're teaching something and then we notice something and we, you know, pivot or, or refine our teachings. I don't know if, if you've had those kind of experiences in your work. Yeah, absolutely. As you were kind of describing, because I know you had you had a gym on the East Coast, right? That yeah, was like I had a whole training studio. Like I, I was, I was in it. I was doing it. Yeah. So you, I, that was. I was really thinking about my journey because I've, um, I would say I've always been doing something physical, not necessarily health. But in my previous mm-hmm. career as a ballet dancer, you are kind of. Um, put on this pedestal because you have the physique of, you know, you're healthy or you're fit or whatever it is. And in some senses of those words, I was like, I um, had a deep understanding of how to control my body um, in, in movement. But at the same time, I didn't understand nutrition at all. And once you start to advance in uh, a career like that, where there's such an emphasis on your physique and you're constantly battling with, um, uh, like how to properly fuel your body because you're not sure what is, what, what's actually going to work. And you're seeing so many people doing like very extreme things around you. It's really hard to like figure out the right thing. Um, so I, for a while I was in that career and feeling like, oh, like I've got this, you know, I've got this under control. Um, but at the same time, having like starting to have these really big internal struggles of like not enjoying it as much anymore and feeling lots of conflict about my body image and um, the just like inner dialogue of like everything that's going on around. And it wasn't until I left that and did start to get more interested in like holistic practices that I had all of these awakenings. And I was like, oh my gosh, I was so misdirected in so many ways. Um, you know, self-led and, you know, kind of guided by others. Um, and yeah, so it really caused this whole evolution in like my perspective to fitness and nutrition and body image and confidence and all of these things. So, um, yeah, you kind of go through this like darkness with it to be able to reemerge. And I think maybe that's when I met you as you were kind of exploring some other, um, facets to your kind of entrepreneurial journey. So um, was photography always, so you did some branding photography for me. Can I speak today? Um, At the very onset of my business, Spring to Life Method, um, was that always like a hobby or a passion of yours that you decided to pursue during that period, that kind of interim? 
Yeah, it was it was a desire. I, I when I was back in college, you know, I went to school for nutrition, and I did. I had always had an interest in photography. I think that interest really pulled up though, like my last two years of college, and so I started to look at it as a. Uh, it wasn't like my primary degree, but what do they call it? like a secondary degree or something. And I looked at the curriculum and I'm like, oh my gosh, I'll be in school for another like year or two. I just want to get mm-hmm. out of school right now. And so I never actually went for it. And so during this period that Caitlin's actually speaking of, this was the time that I stepped away from my fitness career because I needed a breather. I needed to see things in different lights. That's one of my favorite things about myself and my skill set is I am so great at um, seeing different perspectives, different angles, different ways to approach things. Um, and I'm really excited. I picked up the camera because allowing that creativity in such a different field of work has absolutely now translated over to this understanding of me working with somatics um, and the physical body and learning that actually incorporating activities like that, hobbies or creativity, it will start to um, kind of reroute some of these patterns in your brain, which is a beautiful thing. And I incorporate this with clients now. I never suggested with clients like, hey, go out and do some creative work or pick up a hobby. And this is part of your physical health, or this is part of your homework before I see you for your next training session. It's very odd. You don't see personal trainers giving their clients homework to go paint or go dance or whatever. Um, But they're in such this place of locked in of this conventional fitness model, right? You actually Mm -hmm. spoke uh, about it a little bit when talking about physique. In our society, the picture of health is you must, you know, quote unquote, look a certain way, this specific physique. And as you discovered, as I discovered, it's not about the physique. When we talk about physical health, it's so much more. And so, yeah, the incorporation of that creativity or really just kind of, I was playing at that time. I was mm-hmm. honestly playing. Um, it suited me in that time. It taught me a lot for for now what I'm doing um, with clients in the fitness industry. And uh, I still love taking photography. I, I don't do branding photo anymore because I realized I don't want that as like a career portion. It's just more fun for me than anything. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh. That's really cool. And I think it's refreshing to hear you say that, like you encourage your clients to pursue some other creative outlets because it takes some of the seriousness away from what you're doing with them when you're actually working with them one-on-one, you know, as like diehard and passionate as I am about Pilates, my mentor back in San Diego, one of the things she always says is it's just Pilates. Like it's, you know, it's not that serious Um, while it's like giving us like these good feelings and stuff. You don't have to look a certain way to be able to do it. And I'm sure it's the same thing um, for you in the way that you train clients um, somatically that you want it, you want to be able to enjoy it. You don't want it to be just like another thing that you're checking off the list that you are like, ugh, I have to go get this done. I have to go train with Melissa or train with Caitlin. (laughs) Right, right. And you're right. I'm I'm so glad that you tapped into that because we do. And I I think that was part of my my way of teaching and way of behaving as a trainer before is I took things so serious. Like, you know, I said, I came from the world of bodybuilding. You're taking things so serious. You're 
you're getting things down to the specifics because if you're not familiar with bodybuilding, you are getting judged on the smallest of smallest details of your body of being so criticized and pulled apart. And so, yes, I came from that level of seriousness and I do believe a lot of people when it comes to their health, there is this serious aspect and right. It, this is a catch 22 because there is a serious part to health because when your body doesn't feel well, the rest of your life, when we're talking about all other areas of your life, your finances, your relationships, things of that, your, your career, that can all start to take a toll. And so you know, adding more, more fun into uh, that movement. It just, right. It, it, it inspires you. It kind of triggers motivation even a little bit more. And, and this, Oh, I, I look forward to this now. I want to go do this. And again, that will have a ripple effect out into the rest of your life too. So I'm really glad that you kind of talked about the seriousness of it. And, um, I would love for us to be a little bit more playful. If, if you're not um, watching me on video right now, I'm kind of flailing my body around um, <laughs> because yeah, fitness, we can get a little rigid and a little too serious and, and that's not fun. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, I really like what you're saying there. And something else that as you were speaking on this topic, something else that was coming to mind is that we're in such a digital age now where um, a lot of the ways that like, we connect and people see like fitness influencers and things on Instagram. Um, the, I think I, I want to ask you about the, you know, the, how you feel about the difference between an influencer and an actual practitioner or coach, because for me in like the Pilates world, there's lots of people out there that are teaching air quotes Pilates and they have, you know, this body, <laughs> this snatched body and so people see that and they think, okay, this person knows what they're talking about, but from a trained perspective, no, they don't know anything about what they're talking about. So it's really, for me, I struggle with, um, how do you, uh, kind of place yourself as an expert in the field or somebody that is well-informed in your area of mm. expertise? Yes. Oh my gosh. Thank you for speaking on this I'm sure the I, same goes for like weightlifting I and I can even kind of pick out like form things with that because you just see like oh that doesn't <laughs> that doesn't uh, look right <laughs> well actually this past weekend it's so funny that you bring this up because this past weekend I watched an influencer start like this 30-day intentional fitness challenge and and there's like vlogging all day and I I'm just I'm watching and and you know, um, I don't want to ever place judgment, right? Because just getting yourself up to move and pay attention to your health can be, can be a lot for somebody. So the fact that somebody gets up and starts moving, like I am there always cheering them on. With that said, I do find it very dangerous that there are influencers without credentials and proper education and personal experience who are maybe getting online and and you can see as they're talking they're trying to coach through or they're trying to teach and it's very as a practitioner when i see that it's very surface level 
when someone else who is not a practitioner sees that they might not initially see like, oh, this information that's being shared, this is surface level. Like they kind of take on that information as truth. Like, oh, that's truth. Okay. I'm going to take, and that's what I find to be the quote unquote problem in our digital era is that there's so many mouths speaking right now. And so this is where I teach my clients discernment when you are witnessing now, how do I, as a practitioner, help out with this, I guess, in the online space and with my clients? I would say twofold. One of my main things is education. When I work with a client and when I'm in session with them, I'm always explaining, this is why you are doing this movement right now. This is why I just corrected you right here, right now, right? This is why you're feeling this right now. I'm always educating them so they can take that knowledge in because they haven't had this knowledge before. And also too, when I'm sharing that knowledge, I never say like, hey, 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 I'm right, I'm right. Like I still want you to use your own discernment with me and make sure that within your own body and your own system, you're like, yes, yes, yes. This feels true for me. This feels accurate. So one of the ways I strongly try to differentiate myself in this online space with all the mouths that we have out here these days. I am just throwing out education. It's a big, big thing. The second thing as me as a practitioner, I have found that, right? Cause sometimes we'll all have this comparison thing show up. We're like, oh my gosh, she's over here. I'm comparing myself. And so as a practitioner, I've had to really settle into my own truth and know and really build up that personal confidence that yes, there might be so many mouths in this space right now. And yes, people might be completely blinded by some of the influencers who are kind of teaching fitness. I will trust that my words right now that I'm speaking, somebody can, can tell the difference. Somebody will be able to gauge the difference and say, oops, what this individual is saying over here I'm not so sure, but maybe what's Melissa saying, oh, this gets me curious. I kind of want to lean in a little bit more. So definitely education is heavy on my part. Um, and, and then that confidence piece, just standing strong in, I know exactly what I'm talking about. I put so much work into this. And if a, if an individual is not listening or doesn't quote unquote believe me or whatever it is. I'm like, okay, that's great. You know, you're on your own journey of health. You'll find your way eventually. Um, so I hope, I, I hope that answered your question a little bit with what you were curious about. Yeah, no, I thought that was so insightful. And um, yeah, at the end, it kind of reminded me of a truth that I've had to kind of come around to is that the way I teach is not going to be for everybody's not everybody's going to want to go as deep um, or as detailed as I'm going to go right away. But also kind of to your point, if they're going to try something else out and, you know, hopefully this isn't the case, but I see a lot of things where eventually they're going to get injured and then you have to go, okay. You're like, okay, that actually is not working for me. What are my alternatives? And then that turns people to, you know, somebody that is maybe more practiced or more certified or, or more experienced. So <clears throat> it's just kind of people have to have their own learning process the same way I had my own learning process with all of these things as well. Yeah. Yeah. And I honor that because like I'm, you know, I, if anyone's into human design on here, like I have the, these profile lines called one, three, and one of the lines just simply means I'm somebody who goes out into the world. I'm like a researcher. I trial and error 24 seven. And so 
yes, I could have a mentor or someone speaking at me and saying, Hey, go, you know, let me help you. Let me support you. And I will listen, but there's other times where I'm not going to listen. I'm like, great. I'm going to go do this on my own, figure this out for myself first, learn for myself first, because sometimes that learning right there, or if I were to get injured for something, um, sometimes that learning is super important to my journey moving forward. So yeah, I really honor where everyone's at in their experience. Um, but for anyone who is listening, please know, um, it's really important to, to pay attention to whom you're listening to and kind of sit and listen to them for a little bit. So if you see like a reel on TikTok and it's a quick tip or trick for health and you automatically say, cool, that's truth for me. And you never revisit that page again or that person again, or you have no understanding of maybe this person's personality that gets a little wishy-washy, right? So like if you were someone who came across to me for the first time before, before you fully believe me, like hang out in my community for a couple of weeks, like get to know me. Even though you might not be talking with me face to face, there's still this kind of rapport building and there can be like this trust building. Um, and then lean in a little further. So I, I, yeah, I think it's, I think it's all personal preference on on the journeys and the experiences. Mm -hmm. Yeah, totally. And also like, as much as I believe in what I teach and you believe in what you teach, it might not be the, the thing for each and every person. Like we all have, um, you know, different preferences. So yeah. just gotta let go a little bit. Yeah, we all have our different needs. And that's, that's one of my biggest focal points um, with somatic fitness with what I teach clients. We focus on teaching them how to uh, learn to listen to the insides. What is the internal environment saying? Um, and so how that can show up is, what does my nervous system feel like right now? Is she feeling super overwhelmed? Is she feeling super stressed? Um, am I just feeling extremely lethargic and I feel like I need a battery recharge? What What is she truly feeling inside? And then based on that feeling, let's create movement that supports um, wherever she's at in that time and place. Yeah, that's really beautiful. And hopefully your clients are appreciating that personalization. Um, and it's just like a check-in. I um, Even when I'm teaching group classes, like going into the studio, I most often do not have a plan. You have to, for me personally, I like to go in and see who's there ask them how they're feeling. What do our bodies need today? Because I, from experience, like, especially being more of a novice teacher and thinking, okay, I need to like write out a plan and have everything set before I go. Inevitably it, it has to change. And then you're left like, oh my gosh, in a, a frenzy, like my plan is not going to work out. How am I going to pivot? Um, so I guess part of that comes with like being seasoned and having some experience and being able to like think on your feet, um, but not being too committed <laughs> to like one track mind with, with fitness. I think it's really important to have that flexibility. 
Yeah, very much. I, I actually had a client session like a week ago and I came in, I always come in with a, a flexible idea. It's never this rock solid cement workout that we're absolutely going to strive for. Um, and so I had a little bit of flexibility. We got there that day, checked in with how she was feeling. She had an absolute rough week and we did two exercises and there was an emotional release right away, right? She started crying. And so we actually stopped the workout. Whoa. Right. We stopped mm -hmm. the workout because what was most important in that time was to tend to the emotional body. And then once we did that, we got up and we started moving again. She left that workout feeling so much better than when she walked in and she only did three exercises in the entire, in the entire workout. So I think that just goes to show that really serving the needs of the client or the needs of your body is going to be a little bit more important than what do you physically look like on the outside of your body? Yeah. I think that that's one of the, like the biggest benefits, obviously of working one-on-one, -on -one. um, definitely working in person is like, you know, that's the best. Um, but being able to work one-on-one -on -one and like, just meet the client where they're at. I remember, um, I used to have some clients that we would start working and they would want, they'd be a little chatty and I'd feel myself getting pulled into the chattiness sometimes. And then I'd, I'd be like, oh gosh, like what I'm getting derailed. Like I need to get them back on track. But in reality, those people need it. That's what they needed the most was to like get something out and talk. And it was always, I feel so much better. And I'd be like, oh my gosh, well, we only did this and this <laughs> feeling so guilty, but you know, knowing that like that is what they need in that moment. Mm -hmm. I remember that. I remember that so much. <laughs> um, well, I'm curious, uh, just going back a little bit, something that I wanted to ask you about that transition period. Um, mm -hmm. It sounds like you had like you had your own personal training gym, you had a successful practice. What was that decision like to totally step away from that? Did you have any guilt? Were there any um, you know, judgments from people close to you? Like, how did you deal with that? It, <laughs> I, I almost like, I have to close my eyes to, to, it was a mess. It was a mess. It was chaotic. I judged myself so hard and I don't think there was resistance. There wasn't resistance because I was at that position in my body where I was just like, oh, like get this away. Like I almost, I just can't take like everything that's happening. So there wasn't like resistance in letting it go and starting that period. But the amount of judgment that showed up was unreal and how messy it was, was unreal. I had a few friends who saw me during this period, during the beginning part of the period. And I, I couldn't keep it together emotionally because my identity, my self-worth was all wrapped up in my business. And so this, 
This is why I'm really grateful that this entire burnout happened and why I was able to step away and kind of create some space with my career because I was then able to see how tied up I was within it. Um, I was so tied up to where like I, I did nothing for myself anymore. I was not doing any self-care practices, had no fun. Um, I had a relationship at the time. I was not paying attention to my relationship. I mean, it was all career because as it was growing, as I was getting my my studio together, right? It's like feeding something within me of like, yes, I'm worthy because I was told I wasn't worthy when I was younger. So, you know, stuff it to all of you guys. Like that was kind of the experience when I was moving to the height of the career. And so when that went away, it was like, whoa, like, who am I? I didn't know who I was. I was so incredibly lost. So I'd say, the first two years, it was just extremely messy. Um, even my own like moving patterns, I wasn't visiting gyms at all. Mm -hmm. uh, and and at one point in my life, like the gym saved me. I mean, the gym for me is a very strong mental health thing. Um, and it, it keeps me in line with myself, if you will. It keeps me very stable with myself. So not having that you can imagine all of my mental experiences that were showing back up. It was rough. It was not a good time. I was not enjoying it. Um, I struggled very much to even ask for support because I didn't know what I was experiencing. I didn't know how to ask for support at that time. I didn't even know what I needed at that time. And so I think that was a big thing too, whereas I had no clue what I needed, which really started to pull me into that discovery of like, well, well, how do we actually learn that? Like, how, how do I learn what do I need? And I started to learn that that was showing up through the body. Um, throughout this hiatus, I was in... I was in a, um, a coaching program, uh, an NLP certification. So I am certified in NLP. If you don't know what that is, it's a neuro linguistics programming. It's essentially really studying language and uh, utilizing specific language to speak to our subconscious mind, our automatic mind, which houses all of our behaviors and patterns and stuff. I am so grateful for being in that because even though I didn't really know what to ask for in those moments, um, I was so grateful that my mentor was actually a friend of mine. So she kind of knew me on a personal level. And then she very sat, sat with me in that professional piece as well. And so I couldn't necessarily ask, but she could really meet me where I was at. And she was able to give me um, what I needed and helped teach me, well, how do I actually listen to my body? Um, so yeah, it, it, the first two years, hot mess express, not fun. And then I'd say like the, the final two years, things started to come together. I started to feel more comfortable, um, less stressed. Like um, I started to understand who I was and self-identify again. And I'm no longer like fully attached to my career. I know my life is so much more than my career, but yeah, thank you for that question. That was that was tough. And it's something I eventually want to, you know, lay out into a strong story because I do believe there's so many human experiences that I had that will be very helpful to share with another who is also 
in this transition period, because I got to say where we're at right now in the recording of this podcast, I'm witnessing a lot of people who are beginning to move into that period of what I want to call grayness. And again, a moment where you might feel so lost within yourself or what's happening in life. Um, so I'm really grateful I experienced that because I think I'm, my stories now be able to help those who are moving into their transitional period with their bodies and who are now opening up their perspective to want to learn something new for themselves. Thank you for answering that. I, um, I can only imagine like how difficult it was and, you know, probably how vulnerable it feels to talk about it. And I can relate on a level because when I stopped dancing like I that was a career obviously I knew was going it had an ending point at some time in my young life um so when it did come around it was like okay this is happening now and I remember when it was over I was just like okay I what do I do who are my friends even anymore because I used to spend six days a week with the same people like all day and you know my coworkers were my built-in friends and I just felt like kind of lost but instead of kind of letting myself really sink into figuring out who I was I kind of floundered and just tried to fill my life up for another couple of years so it just like kind of compa- compounded until I really reached that level of burnout where I had no choice, but to, you know, let go of some things and figure out what it was that I really wanted to do with my life and how I wanted to shape it. But it is such a, um, it's so disruptive to your life, but also like your perception of who you are. And it is, it's difficult to, um, you know, kind of put it back together. But I think also it, you kind of alluded to exploring your hobby of photography. Did um, exploring hobbies, did that really help along with the NLP, like playing into you kind of coming back into yourself again? Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. I, I was reaching just like in different directions, you know, I was reaching out into leadership direction, reached out into the creative direction, got certified in another way. And so um, yeah, it, it was exploring in that way started to kind of like wake up the different parts of myself that were so dormant for so long because my identity was so wrapped up in the one thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think, uh, just having your identity wrapped up in like your career is it's such an easy trope to fall into, I guess you could call it, um, especially as an entrepreneur. And um, I think it's something that even though at the, as I set out to build a brand and a business, I wanted it to be something uh, fun and flexible and like, you know, maybe not as like all consuming as other things that I had done. But when you are an entrepreneur, you know, that like, you're never clocking out and it's a constant work and it is really easy to just become absorbed into the work and the brand and the business. And it's only been probably in like the last year that I've really softened into the idea of just living my life. And yes, I have this business, but it's okay for me to just be a woman in my house, in a relationship with my dogs, like in my community, 
Um, how, like, what are some ways that you kind of set some boundaries with that now so that you don't let your business become all consuming again? Oh yeah, that's good. That's good. Okay. So uh, (laughs) boundaries. So something I've learned just in, uh, some of my certifications, um, and like learning a little bit more about the somatic body, the energetic body is I work with environments a lot. And this too, like I, I, I love environments. And what I mean by this is, um, I might craft and curate a visual environment that like right now, so I'm recording this podcast and that my environment is the desk and the chair. And so this is signaling to me like, Hey, we're sitting down and like, this is work time. And then when I leave this desk, that work period is done. It's over. And so uh, whatever was work related, it's just going to stay there in that moment. And so after this podcast, you know, I'm going to go out, do something life related, and then I'll, you know, start up another block of work again. So environment's one thing for me. Also this start and stopping, right? Like a start time, a stop time, or something that just does like a shifting of the state again, something that um, tells me, Hey, we're done work. So it, like I said, it could be even just the closing of the laptop and maybe setting the cell phone on the desk and keeping it there for the rest of the day, which will signal to me, like we're done work. This is your boundary. Stop thinking about it outside of, outside of whatever that, that moment was just there. Um, but yeah, I've, I've done a few different things and it is working very well. Something that I really started to also incorporate um, either play days. So yesterday, or was it yesterday? This weekend, I had a whole day. It was just a play day. I was like, there is no work involved. We are playing. We're having fun. We're getting creative. So I might have a um, designated day like that that also just breaks up the mix and says, hey, Melissa, you're more than your career. Um, as well as I am so protective, I guess you would say, of my routines. I'm very protective of my morning. I am very protective of my evening. So I always make sure that I have those two places. Those are my places of silence. Those are my places of self-reflection. I'm massive on self-reflection. So I think self-reflection is probably another tool here that helps me understand, Melissa, are you getting lost in your work? Or Melissa, are you, um, are you, equally showing up in different areas of your life kind of thing. Um, so yeah, self-reflection, but also block of time in the morning, block of time at night. It's just me. I get quiet with myself. And again, I'm, I'm listening. I'm not working out listening to my body, but I'm taking that understanding that I do in the gym with myself and clients and just transferring it now to, to an everyday, an everyday type of thing. Yeah. Those are all great tips. Um, I love the idea of a play day. And I think like, I mean, especially if you have a flexible schedule, it's, it's fun to be able to like put that in whenever and not just think, oh, just the weekend, um, is for this, you know, play hooky (laughs) once in a while and just to enjoy life because I mean, ultimately that's what it's about. Like, you're going to look back and remember the times that you had a whole lot of fun, um, Mm -hmm. and you enjoyed yourself. Um, something that I heard recently, um, I think on the skinny confidential, um, she was talking about how she likes to take a think day, um, at the, towards the beginning of the year where she just clears her schedule and has a notebook. And it's just about thinking about the year ahead and 
things you want to accomplish and goals that you have and, you know, things you want to do and see and um, how that's going to look. And I thought, man, that's how often do you just clear out space for a whole day just to think? Yeah. Yeah. I would, I would say I, I don't, uh, intentionally structure those days, but I do mm -hmm. notice, I do notice like, um, before I step into a project before, like the actual creation needs to happen on my computer, I will notice, like, I'm just kind of in my journal and just writing, writing it out, but I'm not, it's just like a messy, write, Right. It's just like, get the outline, mm -hmm. get the thoughts that are ruminating up here, get it out on a pen and a piece of paper. So they're not sitting in the rumination any other time. And now, now they're on this solid piece of paper and I don't have to, I don't have to contain them and remember them inside. I noticed I did a lot of that years ago in my beginning part of the career. I kept mm -hmm. all of that information in. I'm like, you got to hold on to this and remember this. And that, started to spill out into my relationship and the areas mm. on. And yeah. And so that's, that's when like the lines started to get really blurred. That is a good reframe on that. Cause as you're saying that I'm thinking, okay, like, cause I, um, I don't even want to say towards the end because it's going to be a constant process of just like adding new content to my membership website, but the construction of it was a big, a big undertaking. And I, you know, at the, I think in the beginning of the fall, I knew that I wanted to do this and I had all of the wheels turning in my head. And because it was such a big undertaking, I felt like I was procrastinating on it, but I was thinking a lot. I was thinking a lot, writing things down. And instead of in the future, future me, I'm not going to feel so guilty about taking the time to think about things. Yeah. before getting into the execution because it does eventually get done it's just uh we all have our different processes mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. very much so um so i wanted to ask you um especially because we're at the beginning of the year what are some things in wellness and fitness that you're really loving right now what are some things in wellness and fitness that i'm really loving like Okay. Is your question in regards to the trends that we're seeing or just me personally in my life? Tell me, tell me more, I guess, where you want to, where that question. Um, I think with this question, I'm thinking more of like the trends that you're seeing um, or yeah, like kind of things that are, you're seeing coming up that you're like, yes, I'm glad that this is, this is happening. Okay. And I'm, I'm going to ask you what the opposite afterwards. So if that helps. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So I will be absolutely honest. I Please. refrain sometimes from paying attention to any of the trends um, that are like very present in society because I don't want to I don't want to expose myself so much to them to where my brain's just like picking it up and somehow it just like weaves its way into my teaching. So that's like one thing that I do. Um, so what I have noted, and I would say I've noted this because of um, some of the people that I hang around and who are, you know, my colleagues in this space and stuff, the cyclical piece. I have seen so many conversations recently um, in the wellness and fitness space where everyone is talking about the cyclical season, whether that is your menstrual cycle, 
I think we were kind of seeing that conversation happening before um, like seasonal, seasonal, like the winter, summer, spring, that kind of seasonal. Um, so I love, uh, and I know that is your conversation and your work is really working with that cycle, that season of cycle. Um, but now I'm also starting to see the conversation pick up around the seasonal cycles, right? Mm -hmm. The winters, the springs, the summers, and the fall. So I love that this is beginning to be talked about more. I can see it kind of moving a little bit more into the mainstream. Um, I love that because that's exactly what I reside in, right? We're listening to the needs of your body and also understanding that our body doesn't need the same thing every day. She needs, especially when we're talking about the female body, she needs something different quite often. Yes. Yeah. hundred, obviously hundred percent agree on the cyclical, um, approach, but also like the seasonality of it. And I feel like that, I don't know if it's because I moved so far North and have such extreme seasons now that I'm kind of forced to, um, experience it in a little bit different way than I did living in Southern California, but mm. yeah, just how can you deny how much slower you want to move in the winter time? How much more sleep you want to have in the winter time? How much more, you know, warming foods you need to eat in the winter time? Um, and I think like it totally um, is the anti antidote to uh, that kind of burnout culture that I think, especially like coming up through the 90s and the early 2000s, there was just like, it was like, you got to go, go, go do and produce and achieve. And it's like, you can't do that just forever and ever without a stopping point. Like there has to be a season of rest. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I think we're all starting to see that, which, which is beautiful. Yes. Embrace yeah. it. Yeah. Um, so on the flip side, is there anything that you're seeing? Obviously you're not paying super close attention to trends, which I appreciate because I feel like I'm always the last to find out about something too. Yeah. <laughs> I, yeah, it's, it's, I, I absolutely try to stay away from it. Um, am I seeing any trends right now? Uh, I'm trying to think off the top of my mind. Nothing is, nothing is showing up in my body except maybe for one thing. And I don't know if this is like a fitness trend. It feels like more of just like this sense of belonging that people are, exploring and so this just comes now into like physical material possessions what's what's the big stanley cup mm -hmm. everyone's like i don't know where this craze came from about this cup but it's everywhere now and uh, what i have noticed is everyone's got their stanley cup and they're like i'm drinking my water i'm drinking my water i'm healthy i'm healthy and then there's there's this like again it's this outside imagery of what you look like, but it's not, it's, it's not translating to like, what does your body look like? Right. It's that's, that's not what it is it's more. So what is this image of a quote unquote healthy person look like? Well, she has a Stanley cup. Oh, she's considered healthy. Oh, and she has Lululemon or, or now all these different halls, Lululemon dupes like, Oh, well now she's a wellness girly. She's a, a health girly. And so there's still kind of that, that surface level look, mm -hmm. that I believe is, is kind of being pushed or presented to us. And yeah, I, I, 
again, like let's feel good in our, in our workout. Like I'm not shaming anyone, not judging everyone. Love it, love it, love it. And even if you having that Stanley cup is inspiring you to drink more water or inspiring you to get up and move great. As Caitlin said, at one point, it's only going to take us so far. Um, so yeah, I'd say like, it's still the imagery is showing up, but it's just in a completely different way as society evolves. Yeah. I think it kind of goes back to that conversation we were having previously about someone being a fitness influencer or an actual fitness practitioner. Like, is it just for looks or is there something, um, behind that? Um, and that's like, I, most of the time I'm working out in my pajamas or my baggy sweatpants, you know, I'm not getting up and like, you know, you see all the like daily vlogs of pulling on the leggings and the matching outfit. And do I have some matching sets? Yes. But like, I only use them when I'm filming <laughs> or if I'm going out to teach when it's my practice, I'm as cozy as I can be. Mm -hmm. I agree. I mean, that's exactly what I look like on video today. And I intentionally did that too. I was like, I'm not going to get ready today. People will see who I am as myself. And I'm, you know, and, and that's not to say that people who are, um, who place that intention for themselves to look a certain way on the outside. It's not to say that you don't know what you're doing. That's not what Caitlin and I are saying here. Um, because I do believe there's, there's, uh, truth in different stories. So, um, someone who's like really well put together on the outside and that physical fitness look can very well be extremely knowledgeable on the inside. I do also know individuals like that. Um, yeah, but I, I, I'd say like someone like myself, someone like yourself, like that's not our, that's not our priority. That's not a priority. And, and our priority is, is more so are we receiving from our workout what we're wanting is is our body loving what we're having like am I listening to myself um so yeah if i don't know any other trends that might be out there um actually there might be another trend and I think there's a time and place for some of this stuff too. Like a lot of the biohacking stuff, I think there's times and places for it. Um but sometimes the way the material is presented, I do believe people think and feel, oh, well, I have to have that red light therapy or else I'm not going to feel this way. Oh, I have to have this or else I'm not going to feel this way. And I would love to remind everybody that all of these beautiful, fun outside devices that we're seeing Yes, they offer benefit. Yes, they're adding value. But remember, your body will always trump. Now, I, I totally believe your body will always trump those outside things or utilizing natural approaches that are given from mother nature or what have you will always trump these outside devices. Even when we're talking about in the kitchen with kitchen gadgets, people love freaking kitchen gadgets. And I'm like, how many hundreds of thousands of dollars have you spent on your kitchen gadgets? And you literally only use two. Like you can be in the kitchen with very simple supplies and still cook a beautiful nourishing meal for yourself. So there's a time and a place. It's also fun to have in life. Um, it's not the end all be all though. Yeah, I a hundred percent agree with you. Um, it kind of, uh, brought to mind the 
like foundational habits that I try to put in place for my clients, especially when they want to get their hormones on track. It's not like, are there some supplements or things that you can buy that are going to maybe help you on your journey? Yes. But those are not the end all be alls of what is going to get you there. It's, you know, drinking water when you get up, it's making sure you eat your breakfast, move your body, see the sun. Um, it doesn't really cost money to, to do any of those things. And if you think back ancestrally, they didn't have uh, red light devices as, as far I, as I know. I always say that, like, I get really extreme. I'm like, all right, the caveman, somehow the caveman survived and, and brought us things today that we experience in our bodies. The caveman did not need the red light therapy or all of this. And if he, if he can get through life without those things, we can also get through life. But again, I know, you know, humanity, we evolve and all these fun little trinkets come about. Um, but utilize them in, in, uh, moderation, just like mm -hmm. I talk about when we talk, when we talk about food, you know, right? Your sugars that you want to consume moderation and, and you'll be in a really great position. A hundred percent. Well, on that note, what are maybe three of your daily wellness non-negotiables? I know you said you're really, uh, concrete about your routines. Yes. Yes. So I'd say, um, uh, non-negotiables routines is one. So always that, that morning time for me and that nighttime for me, it's, it's hands down. If I don't have it, I'm not my favorite person. Um, movement, let's say movement when I wake up and usually in that morning routine, there's a lot of movement for me happening. So when I actually get out of my bed, it is so important to do some form of movement, whether I'm jumping up and down, shaking, uh, a light stretch in the kitchen, doesn't matter. Just, I want to get energy moving in my spine because I was sleeping all night long. So I'm stagnant. Right. And so that's a non-negotiable. When you wake up, when your body's dormant, your energy's kind of sitting there stagnant, you want to get up and you want to bring the fluidity and that flow in your system first thing in the morning. Um, so that is a, a non-negotiable in that morning piece to kind of get my energy going throughout the day. Uh, and I would say my third non-negotiable, let's see, my routines, that movement. Oh, what is, what is my third? I feel like I'm on the spot right now. I feel like I have so many non-negotiables if I'm honest with you. <laughs> <laughs> um, my other non-negotiable, I mean, food's coming in. So I'll just say food right now. Uh, High quality food is just a non-negotiable. I was actually talking with a girlfriend earlier this morning before I got on this podcast. We were actually talking about what does luxury mean to you, right? And some people, material things are luxury for them. And I'm like, girl, food is my luxury. And so I will spend any money and all money on the cleanest of clean foods um, because I know how my body reacts when I'm not eating those foods. And that does not put me in a, strong position for the day. So very strong regimen with my food and my water is another non-negotiable. Those are great pillars. And again, just things that, I mean, you're making an investment in your food, but that's an investment in your health and you got to eat. So <laughs> geez, they're just things that are naturally going to occur. So I think those are really great pieces of advice. If anybody's looking to up their 
their wellness game. Um, where can people find you if they want to know more about what you do or maybe explore some of your somatic fitness offerings? How can they yeah. connect with you? Okay. So I'm at the beginning of building the foundation of my business again. Yay me. Uh, where I'm most present at the time of this podcast is going to be Instagram. Uh, Caitlin can put that down in the bottom of the show notes. It's honest. It's just my full name. So Melissa underscore Boleslavsky. I'm putting a majority of my educational content out there right now. Uh, as well as the Instagram stories, really making sure you can get like some quick wins if you're witnessing that throughout the day. That's going to be your best place to find me. Um, within uh, within that profile in the bio, you will we'll see links over there towards um, some of the starter programs that I have if you're someone who wants to um, explore the world of somatic fitness. Uh, eventually... I'll be over having a podcast of my own, but we won't even go there. Um, I'd say the secondary place to find me is TikTok. I was so hesitant for a while, but let me tell you, I think I'm starting to have a little fun over there with these videos and things are picking up over there. So I'd say my secondary place you can find me is over uh, on TikTok. I love it. Well, I'll make sure to link all of your um ways to connect in the show notes for sure. So anybody in the audience can connect and follow and work with you if that's their journey. Um, is there anything else you want to leave the audience with? No, I truly, maybe, maybe one like little words of motivation. I do feel we covered so much in this conversation and I do feel whoever's listening to this, you have received something that you needed from this conversation. I think what I would love to leave you with here today is be so gentle with yourself. I mean, if you're someone who is in a transitional period with your health or, or in the way that you take care of your body, know that you have been so embedded and ingrained in your behaviors. And it's going to take time to shift away from that. Like even your mindset and your perspective. Again, I was talking to my client this past weekend and we were only three weeks in, but I had to remind her, hey, this slow pace that you're going on right now is okay. Cause she had um, communicated a little bit of worry. She's like, oh my gosh, I was so into this for the first two weeks and I dropped off this past week. She just had a death, right? And so there's a lot of mm -hmm. grieving in her world. And I said, honey, 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 you've had grief happen. And also you're starting something new. Um, so your, your brain and your behaviors, they're not going to be so automatic right away. So if you're someone in that transitional period, starting something new, give yourself grace. And, and, and if, if you think an old way, or if you watch yourself perform an old behavior that doesn't feel so nourishing for you. So be it, whatever. It's okay. Like that is life. Um, and, and yeah, let go of the seriousness of it. I really like that that showed up today. Those are probably my final words. I received that wonderful words of wisdom and a great way to round out the show. Thank you so much for being here, Melissa. I've really enjoyed talking to you. I'm sure the audience has enjoyed all of the nuggets of wisdom that you've been able to share and the, you know, the pieces of your journey. I think it's so cool to hear the evolution and how, you know, maybe sometimes the fire has to dim a little bit to like burn a little brighter. And I'm really excited to see where your business is going and how 
how you're going to build upon this somatic fitness um, brand. So thanks, Melissa. It was great connecting with you. Thank you everyone in the audience for listening. If you're not already following this show, make sure you either subscribe on YouTube or click that little plus button so that you get new episodes downloaded every week. I would very greatly appreciate the rating and review, and I'll talk to you next week.